Seven Studio. You are listening to Lions J Radio Network. Paragon Seven Studio. I talk on the show very frequently about the concept of standing on the shoulders of, of previous experiences. I talk about my time in Seattle a lot, which is very instrumental uh, to my development as a as ultimately a healthcare executive and, and now a radio show host. When I worked at Community Health Plan of Washington, I work with Yousef, who's here. Um, it's our guest today. I believe I don't I don't think I've ever worked anywhere where, where I had smarter people that that we were around. I mean, they were just on the on the clinical side, on the heater side, on the star side, on the risk adjustment side, the actuary side. They were in their infancy as far as development, but just pure brilliance. There are like 20 really, really smart people that I work with with my time at uh, Community Health Plan of Washington. Before matriculating to Highmark and into Blue and getting into the Blue Cross system and branching out on my own, um, and I wanted to have uh, Yusef has been a, a supporter of my show and, and my movement, what I'm doing, and he's in town for for I assume that you're in town for a Rise conference. Yeah. So, uh, Yusef um, Rashid, I'm pronouncing the last name right. Yeah, Just making sure because I'm I'm not good with names at times. Um, Yusef was in town. And he said, "Hey, I, you know, I'd love to come by and and chop it up." And I was like, "Man, I'd you know be honored to to have you." So this is this is Yusef Rashid. He is a he is a an executive pharmacist. He works for for USI, and he runs their their strategic operations for 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 pharmacy. But I've worked with we we came to you to CHPW on the same day, so we were in the we were on the exact same class. And I've watched your career matriculate you were a director i was a manager both of us have been in executive level positions and matriculate done a lot since this is maybe 2013 ish somewhere around there yeah, um and we've we've done quite a lot since and you know i think we've been blessed to to do some some fantastic things uh, so it's an honor to have you in 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 the office and, uh, uh, it's a privilege to be here up. thank you so tell us about tell us about we always we always start tell us about tell us about usi Tell us about what what USI does and, and your clientele, your core competencies, and um, we'll start from there. I have I have a lot of questions for you. Just we I have a relationship with Adhere Health here in Nashville, so we have pharmacists come on pretty frequently. And um, as a person that's run he to start programs, I you know I've run Part D, so I know I've had that report through me, so I know how important it is. Even though I'm not a pharmacist. I know how important med adherence is and, and all of the and then star star measures just came out. So you have the you have the uh, the the nightmare. I was posting about that on 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 LinkedIn that the preview for the star ratings came out last week. And I remember the sleepless nights uh, being up until two in the morning, knowing that that preview was out and mm-hmm. saying, I got to get I got to get to the office at five thirty to get this thing out before somebody else sees it and gets it out because I want to do any damage control for not where we want to be. So tell us about tell us about your your company and, and, and some of the things that you're doing. Sure. Yeah. And and I've um, 
joined uh, USI Insurance Services as their um, senior vice president of pharmacy strategies in the Northwest just in May. So I've moved um, away from the managed Medicare and Medicaid space where I was with you at CHPW mm-hmm. um, and uh, just this year and um, moving towards the commercial uh, employers, sm- supporting small to mid-sized employers right. with um, unbiased, transparent pharmacy consulting um, to help them uh, optimize like their low cost, benefits. lower cost and stuff like that. Lower cost and okay. access to um, care. I, I think uh, both Medicaid um, with the, the safety net and the smaller to mid-sized employers, those are the most challenging spaces, I think, in in um, pharmacy right now for providing access to affordable uh, medications to people who need them. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's been a privilege for me to be a part of both those worlds. And, and now my learning curve with the commercial side is it's going to be fun. What What would you say are some of the, the differences between the managed side and, and the commercial side? I've worked on both. As well, I've done a lot of work with 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 employer groups. Um, that's actually how I got my start in healthcare is working with employer groups. What what are some of the differences and the challenges? Because I think the Northwest, um, we we are an affiliate in Seattle, so I'm we are on in in Seattle. I'm on a, on a real small affiliate up there. But what's going on in the Pacific Northwest? That's a little bit. Uh, tell us about some of the things that are germane to to that region that you might not see in some other parts of the country. Sure. And I think the Northwest, it is a good example of, of several parts of the country because it's, it's pretty diverse. It's pretty right. diverse in my region from Oregon, Washington, Alaska, Idaho, Montana. Um, you see everything. There's uh, different populations, different cultures, different beliefs about healthcare, about medicine. And um, I've been based out of Seattle for 22 years, but you can't um, think about the Northwest just with that um, Seattle-centric mentality. Right. That's a good point. Um, and so for me, I, I think that's one of the challenges is providing um, access to care that resonates with the population you're trying to serve, making sure that it's something that they can relate to. And so that uh, you talked about medication adherence earlier. Um, part of it is, is access to the drugs for cost and for um, side effects and, and, and getting used to taking a medication. But the other part is also just your, your belief system about wh- what that medication represents um, and, and that's where I, I think um, one of the challenges is um, providing uh, health benefit, a healthcare um, uh, access in a, in a way that, that people are um, looking to, to uh, receive it. And, and I think what we're seeing now is really exciting is actually the convergence of technology, um, new innovations in the science of pharmacy, and social uh, beliefs about equity. Interesting in healthcare that are, are coming together. Well, I'm a big, so I'm a big SDOH, big health equity guy. I mean, it's um, a lot of people don't know because I had a non-compete. So I actually have a consulting business. So I do, I do the radio show, but um, I do a lot of consulting for um, the managed side and do a lot of consulting for SDOH uh, programs. And I love the opportunity to do that because there are so many communities and, and, the Northwest is so diverse. Um, I think I was talking to you offline. You have large aging populations in certain in certain areas, large um, migrant farm worker populations in central Washington. Uh, Portland is very diverse. Alaska is very diverse. You have you have some really diverse uh, people, Native American populations, and people have different cultures, different approaches to healthcare. And different outcomes and being able to to kind of peel that onion back, so to speak, 
I enjoyed that. You know, at the time that we worked together, I was really deep into the data and I enjoyed just sifting through that data. Tell us a little bit about, because I always ask people, tell us about your career arc and matriculation, um, your, your schooling, background, upbringing. Uh, did you grow up saying that, hey, I want to be an SVP of pharmacy <laughs> strategy? Was that your dream when you were nine years old or, or did you fall into it? Uh, were you pushed by your family? I mean, I'm always fascinated by the stories of how people got into it. Sure, sure. And and nine years old till till probably till my teenage years, I was in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Prairie, right. Canada. Um, very yeah, cold up there. Very cold. Very sunny. In the Are you a, were you an Eskimos fan? I know they changed I, I their name. I'm not trying to be pejorative, but it, I know it's that been a long time. But uh, okay. But back at nine years old, I was. I, I my dream was um, not necessarily senior VP of pharmacy, but it was more either pro hockey with Oilers or, or um, a pro pro wrestling, watching the, the Stampede wrestling. That's right, because you had the, the Alberta is the <laughs> is the home. That's where Bret Hart's from, I believe. Hart, this, the heart, the whole Hart, Stu Hart, Hart, the whole Hart yeah. Foundation is, is, is from Alberta. Now, were you born in Canada? I was born in Canada. I was right. born in Ontario, but I moved to Edmonton when I was eight. So okay. You're, you're calling out nine. You hit, you hit the nail on the head there. Now, now how, how cold is it up there? Oh, you know, ironically, not as, as cold as it was when I was growing up. The 80s and the 90s, it's it's a little bit um, a little global warmer. When, when I see family back there. The winters aren't as extreme. So, But what was it like when you were up it there? Is it down, like, like below my, 20, below zero? Or it was in Are South you waiting for the school bus in a parka? Yeah. Like oh how, how, do you, how do you survive I, that? I have not forgiven my parents for that yet. <laughs> where, um, yeah, I would be at the school bus, minus 30, wind chill down to minus right. 50 Celsius. So you're like Kenny McCormick on South Park. You have the whole parka on, zipped up, um, face tied up. You can't, <laughs> can't speak a, through One it. of those Canadians with uh, flapping heads on, right. on South Park. But. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, which would get pretty cold, but that's nothing. Like I've had a chance to go to Edmonton and to Calgary, and it was, it was a different type of cold. Uh, when you see cats without their ears in the winter, oh man, uh, you, you know that it's not, it's inhuman to live. Right, right. So you grew up in Edmonton. Yeah. And, um, what what tell us a little bit about your your scholastic background sure and, and it's funny you mentioned um the diversity of the northwest because um in the 80s in edmonton i'm gonna just mic just a little bit closer to you so yeah yeah so in the 80s and 90s in edmonton i i didn't feel i had the level of, of diversity that i was um looking for and that's one of the reasons i came to seattle and thinking about the, the pro wrestling I, I loved watching it on the weekends all right think about it growing up that um I'm half Pakistani, half Filipino. All right. Yeah, and um, not not very. Is that is that common in Edmonton? Or? Not in the okay. '80s in Edmonton. Oh, okay. No, not at all. And and I I didn't um, I saw myself as one of the other kids, but um, I know there's a segment that saw me as the villain in the wrestling match. Interesting. And and so it wasn't the the Iron Sheik. Yeah, yeah. For so I, one of the reasons why I, I moved out to Seattle was I. It was close to Vancouver, and I thought, Vancouver, wow, that's a you know, metropolitan, international city. Lots of diversity, and, and Seattle was just south of that. So. Interesting. Um, Schooling, though, I, I, got, I never yeah, got cool. that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I went to University of Alberta. All right. Graduated in 1999 from with my degree in pharmacy, and, and um, you know, it's one of those degrees where you don't have to be a pharmacist when you have your pharmacy degree, and that's one of the things that attracted me to it. And six months after graduating, um, a buddy of mine from school said, hey, let's let's go down to Seattle. And I, I was hoping to get out of Edmonton. Okay. I rented a U-Haul and moved down. But um, it was um, it, it, 
quite, you talk about career arc back then, my motivation I, uh, was, um, seemed to put myself into positions where I felt I was going to be the underdog into, um, areas where I, I wasn't familiar, was uncomfortable. And, and I just had a belief that if, if you work hard enough, mm. if you compete hard enough, you cannot fail. And my, Straight attitude. <laughs> it's, it's evolved over time, but my, but my, um, ideal about the United States back then was uh, more so than possibly anywhere in the world. If you work hard enough and if you're hard, the hardest worker in the room, you cannot fail. And if you do the best you can, and I think you're a great example of this. If you do the best you can in the position where you're at today, mm-hmm. your right path will somehow grow. You got to grow where you're planted. Yeah. And, um, and I talk to people all the time. So people, you know, I try to mentor people and, and um, it's not the most talented people that I know are not necessarily most successful or the people that have matriculated. It's the ones that worked, that had that extreme work ethic and were willing to do. I think in my career, I did a lot of stuff that I wasn't paid to do, but I wanted to learn it. And everyone I talked to that's SVP or CEO or something like that, they said that, hey, you know, I, I was on these councils and task force and all of these other things. It wasn't really a part of my job as I was coming up. But I wanted to learn it and wanted to be a part of it. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to a break, and I'm going to be back with a little bit more of uh, Youssef. We're talking. I got, I got some sports questions because you, you, were, you were at Edmonton during the Gretzky years. So I'm I curious was. what you have to say about that. So I'm going to ask you about that and then some leadership questions. Um, more to the Lanshay Show after these messages. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. McDowell. What is it? Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son, I'm just going to tell you this one time. You want to keep working here. Stay off the drugs. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Ate off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told you, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south for the Hudson. New Jerusalem is seclusion. Uh, Using fake suit and yeah. I'm true. Bad. My travels like a schizo with two tabs with do-rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to industriousoffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on us when you book a tour at industriousoffice.com. You don't know me. Probably never will. But I need you to do something for me. Something that could literally change everything. You'll never get a thank you card. And yet, I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me, I'll do it for you. And for every single person you love. Deal? This is our shot to leave COVID behind.
Back on the last day show, I'm with Youssef Rashid, Pharmacy Czar, SVP. Um, I worked with him at Community Health Plan of Washington, so I can personally vouch for, for his leadership and, and, and brilliance. We're talking, so I do this series, what's unique about my show, I do this series that I call the HealthCast, so bringing people like you to, to talk health, but... Then I t- get them on a tangent talking about sports. So I can't have somebody that's from Edmonton in and not talk about the Gretzky years in uh, in Edmonton with the Oilers. What was that like growing up watching Gretzky, who's arguably, I know that he's the Michael Jordan of Canada, but he's better at hockey than Michael Jordan was at basketball. I mean, this guy was just has all the records, dominant, amazing, 90-goal um, seasons. I was a big hockey fan growing up. In, in the spending time in the Northeast. So I spent a lot of time in New Jersey growing up, watched New Jersey Devils, uh, you know, uh, when, when Patrick Roy was there. Um, we'd get Canadians games, watch that. Then I moved to Ohio, and this is before the Blue Jackets were there, but I watched a lot of Red Wings there. So Steve, Steve Weiserman, um, there were a lot of great players in, in, in Detroit at, at the time. So I watched a lot of hockey growing up. Uh, what, was, what was that experience like? Yeah, great questions. It's been a while, but yeah, we lived and breathed hockey sure. in my youth. Sure. In the summer, we were out in the street just playing street you play? hockey um, un- until until uh, wee hours of the night. Now, did you lace up the skates? Or, yeah, or in the just, wintertime. Right. But it's, it's right. also different out there where every public school has a hockey rink. So it's like there. basketball here yeah, in the States. Exactly. So you have a gym with a hoops. Everyone's just a hockey rink. Yeah, kids just, and is it actual ice? or it's Wow, ice. so yeah. it's just standard... Yep. You go to a local high school. Did, now, did you play at the high school level? Did this, is no. It, okay. No, no. Did you try out or was that something? I that? was more just like, um, you know, uh, not not in an organized league. All right. Just, just with right. friends after school. Street hockey and, and on the rink in, in, in the winter. But, yeah, we lived and breathed hockey. I, I think it, it was a it was an interesting era, too. And, and you talk about Gretzky because this was um, the evolution of, of the league. Yeah. From uh, the the dynasties of the seventies with, right. with the the Habs Indians, from Montreal, yep. then the New York Islanders, and then up come Edmonton, which which was um, going through some um, growth as well. And you have the influx of the European players and Gretzky. It was a, I think an ideal time for creativity, interesting and innovation. You compare to Jordan as well, but it's not just uh, dominating the game as it is, but in some ways reinventing. Wow, I don't remember any other player before Gretzky really quarterbacking behind the net interesting ah okay um, and focusing on the, on the footwork and it was a, it wow. was a dance and the creativity of what he did with offense hockey's um, an amazing game yeah it's yeah. it's um here in nashville so we love hockey in nashville smashville you know the predators and uh wayne gretzky his greatness brought hockey to the sunbelt it brought it out of the north out of just new jersey detroit uh minneapolis places like that but you had hockey in Atlanta. You have it in Florida. You have it. I mean, the the Lightning are best team in the league two years in a row, really three years in a row. Um, you have it in the Sun Belt. You have it in Southern California. That's because of Wayne Gretzky. And I, I had posters of Wayne Gretzky in my room 
growing up as a kid and uh, just really, really love the subtle nuances of, of hockey. It's a it's a it's a great sport. And anytime I'm in Canada and watching on TSN, it's just very different culturally because on TSN, they're playing junior hockey, junior, junior hockey and junior, junior, junior hockey with the eight year olds out there. And that's that's on the equivalent of ESPN. So it's a it's just a great sport to watch. And, and I want it now. Tell me a little bit about the wrestling era, because I'm a big wrestling guy, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, oh, yeah. No, I, I, I grew up in that time with the Calgary Stampede. and Stampede Wrestling was big. The Hart uh, family, um, Stu Hart and the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, Owen Hart. He was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, Once yeah. I, I had, he was uh, such a great wrestler yeah. and a great persona. But he didn't talk like Macho Man <laughs> and Hulk Hogan. And, and, and uh, then you had Goldberg and Stone Cold and The Rock. He just looked like a real wrestler. Like he looked like he could have competed in the Olympics in wrestling. He has his technique yeah. was so amazing. And I thought it was cool. He had the hair, excellent the shades, execution, and the yeah. and the pink and, and black, which you see in my office. I have, a, I have an affinity for those of the pink and black colors. So you, I was a big fan. You know, when you when you watch hockey and Gretzky, and you get to a stage where it's almost predictable what he's going to do right. with the flow. I think that uh, the, what I appreciate now about wrestling, back then it was just a rush to see the, mm. the, the, the hero and, and, and the, the battle. And, and now you, you, when you think about it, it, it is somewhat of a dance as well. It's like a, right. an orchestrated dance. And, and, right. and uh, I think that Bret Hart did it very well. It, it was amazing. It's like an art to watch. He's definitely top 10, top five of, of, of all time. And, and technically probably the best in my opinion. Him and Ric Flair are the best two I've ever seen. Um, when I have executives on i'm always curious everybody that, that sits in that chair that's uh coming in to talk about health all executives svp ceo run run health plans have done managed care done commercial um have gotten their hands dirty set up call teams dealt with boards all of that stuff um, i'm curious yousef leadership is everything to me I'm, i've been working with rise and uh, we'll be doing some moderating and uh, we'll be bringing my show, kind of aligning my show with some Rye stuff, um, which I'm very excited about. When I do speaking engagements for Rye, you know, I've said that, hey, I don't, I don't want to come in and do 40-page uh, PowerPoint. That's not what I'm interested in doing. Everybody here is smarter than me. They've all been doing this stuff. They don't, they don't need me to sit there and say, that, hey, you know, this, we did a... We did a Part D initiative for statins, <laughs> and we put all this time and energy, and we went and hired nine farm techs, and we raised our statin rate by three percent, up from a four star to a four and a half. I mean, I don't, you know, people, everybody's doing that. I'm curious about leadership. Um, I noticed you when you came in, you were really realigning the vertical at CHPW, and I assume you're doing some realignment where in your current role. What are some of the fundamentals? that you have of leadership that's helped you to be a great leader and build teams and instill um, confidence in your employees. Cause you've been in an executive role, you know, director above for, for ever since I've known you. Um, we can't be successful as executives unless we lead well and we hire well and we create a culture. And that's what I'm always interested in when I have people on like yourself in what type of culture is ideal for you and what are some of your fundamentals of leadership that have helped you to be successful 
Yeah, and uh, and I'm still learning, and it's evolved over time. And it's funny you mentioned because that's my, a great my, answer because most people never say that they're still learning. <laughs> so that's a that's a great start. And my my uh, my presentation at, at Rise today for the uh, Part D Masters class is only 36 slides, and I'm only one right. half. But but um, it, it, it's funny you, when we go back to what we we're talking about with Edmonton and, and um, Gretzky and Brad Hart, and I've always believed too that if you have a contribution to make if you have something to offer in whatever profession you're in there's no better platform than you'll find in the united states mm. and so it just like my heroes from edmonton they los angeles and, you know came to came to the u.s as well the, the okay. trade but back then my uh philosophy was again compete work hard win right. and it's i've come a long way since then i was part of a um retail uh, right. pharmacy chain system and, and when i reflect back it was a great experience i learned a lot but it was very much about promoting the best follower pr promoting the one that followed the hierarchical direction ah. and um and that's how you move up the chain and and i i um went from a management position to a district management position and it was about um working as long as I could, as hard as I could, and filling the most scripts, the most vaccinations. I it's really the, numbers, getting, yeah. making sure you hit your, your and, and I wanted to be the best out right. of everybody. And, right. and that was uh, great for my career path. But then I moved to an organization that was um, a group health, now part of a Kaiser in Washington, right. where um, I, I was exposed to some new concepts, um, lean leadership, right. um, and the lean management philosophy that came out of um, Toyota in, in Japan originally. But um, what I took from that was less the um, Six Sigma uh, numbers of measurement process improvement mm -hmm. that might resonate with you from, from your background, sure. and, and more the idea of lean as a people management system and empowering the frontline staff to solve their own problems, yeah, have that, that sense of ownership. Not micromanagement. Yeah, yeah. And, and not uh, just promote the best follower, right. but uh, inspire people to take ownership of the challenges and liberate themselves. So it, it's, a, it's a way of managing people that can uh, free them from the uh, uh, frustrations they have at work. That's exciting. I, I just think ultimately you have, a, you have a great point of view coming from Canada and seeing it both from Canada and the United States. And then you've been on the East, Eastern Canada, Western Canada, um, diversity in, in your in uh, your composition just as a human being, you know, being having family from Asia and being from Asian descent. I think that's what we need more of that. We just need diversity in healthcare, people that have different perspectives. And I think that goes back to your question about leadership, because um, I, uh, that was probably where I'm at now in my chapter in, mm -hmm. in leadership is really focusing on diversity mm -hmm. and not just what you look like, what your background is, culture, your sexual orientation, right. but also how you think. It's awesome. And building diverse teams um, I know now that uh, my needs are, I, I need a place where I can be creative and experiment and try and be challenged in different ways. And I need a mission. I need to feel like I'm part of something important. Other people have different needs, like um, the need for plan and structure might be really important to someone for them to feel safe at work and to contribute in the team. And others might need more logic. They need to see the math that here's why we're doing what we're doing and, and one plus one equals two, right. so you're comfortable, good to go. And in my leadership, I, I've learned to appreciate that just because I don't need one of those things mm. doesn't mean one of my team members doesn't actually need one of those things to feel safe. 
and to feel like they can contribute and really thrive in the workplace. Awesome. So as a leader, I actively try and look for what people need, even if I don't feel like I need it, right. and give them all of those four elements that I just described um, to, to feel uh, safe and, and um, included in a diverse work team. Now that's a great, that's a great soundbite. Uh, we come, come, could come to the end, but, but, um, as, as we sign off, where do, where do we find you the listeners? If, if they, if, are you on LinkedIn or you on Instagram, where, where can we find your company? If someone has any questions? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm at, um, USI insurance services. You can find me at LinkedIn, right. Yusuf Rashid out of Seattle with USI. Happy to connect. All right. Thank you so much, Yusuf. It's, it's great catching up with you. Um, and it's great to, follow your career and your matriculation and all the things that you've done. And, and I look forward to talking in the future. I'm inspired by what you're doing with the Lance J show as well. All Thank right. you so much for having me. Thanks so much. AEP annual enrollment programs are launching in just a few months, and this is the perfect time to shop for the best insurance options for you and your loved ones. Learn more about individual and group insurance benefits with Engagement Health. Their diverse portfolio includes accident expense, specified disease plans, life insurance, and PPO plans. Engagement Health's licensed benefit advisors are just a phone call away to bring you optimal service in selecting affordable and unique benefit packages that meet your health care needs. Call Engage in Health today at 832-219-5829. That's 832-219-5829 and tell them that Lance J sent you.